If you have your Bible, go ahead and open to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. We are in a series called First Things First, and Travis kicked us off uh, actually the last day of 2017 and, and talked about fasting and why it's so important for us to, to fast at the beginning of the year. And then the first Sunday of 2018, the 7th of January, we discovered this, that, that the first thing you need to know is that Jesus is the first thing. Uh, first things first, man. If you want to have a more successful 2018, if you want to see God move in your life in a bigger way this year, if you want to be used by him in ways you've not been used before, if you want to be see him do new things in your life, the first thing you have to remember, have to discover, have to learn to a new level is that Jesus is the first thing. We see this all throughout scripture from the very beginning, in the beginning God. In John chapter 1, it says, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. We see Jesus declare in Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He's first, he's first, he's first. And so the, we've got to recognize that he's first. And if you weren't with us last week, I know some of you did, maybe didn't get a chance to join us with the live stream since we got snowed out because the weather hates DeSoto County. Here we had a national, we had a, a state of emergency declared because of one and a half inches of snow um yeah I'm not like a like a hater um uh, but that's kind of embarrassing isn't it an inch and a half and it's a state of emergency um anyway uh so we didn't have service in this room last week uh we did a live stream online we joined with our friends from Church of the Harvest and Spirit Church and hopefully you got a chance to check that out but we did a, a tag team service a tag team uh message um, and what I got to share in my, in my 10 minute time slot, when I think I was like 12 and a half minutes, don't tell nobody, um, was <laughs> that, that if Jesus is first, I am second. That we've got to begin to assume and understand our position, that we give him his rightful place. I can't make him first, he's already first. But I can put him first. I can give him his place at first. And if I give him that place, then that means that I'm not first. It means I'm not on the throne. It means I'm not the one calling all the shots and making all the decisions. And we talked about how, how each of us has a story being told through our life. That each of our lives is like this stage right here. There's a story being told on the platform of our life. And most of us choose to tell the story of me. The story of self. Man, my, I want it to point at me. I want it to be seen. I want people to recognize me. It's going to be about me. But that if we embrace Jesus' teachings, if we embrace what the Bible shows us, we realize that it's really not about me at all. It's about him. And I use my platform, my life, to tell his story. To proclaim his goodness. We, we did this little exercise. We'll do it again this morning in case you didn't participate because you were at home and you didn't think you had to. Now there's accountability so people can see you. Uh, I want you to hold your fingers out like this. It's pretty easy, right? That's, that's you. That's your life. That's, that's our existence. That's me. Now I want you to take your arms and spread them as far as you can get them. How many just got karate chopped in the house of God? Praise, <laughs> praise Jesus. Like, man, this worked better when I was on the couch by myself. All right. That's, that's eternity. 
That's God. That's his significance. You see, my little little bitty existence is nothing compared to the eternity that he has for me. My little bitty fame and glory that I can build for myself is nothing compared to the renown, which the Bible says is, is due to God. Renown is glory. It's fame that never fades. And so if I am second, I want to use the platform of my life to declare his story, not my story. So what I want to do today as we finish up this series to put a cherry on top, to put a bow on it, is I want to talk to you about living second. All right, and we know that, that he's first, and we know that we are second. What, what does that mean? That sounds really good. That's great theological talk, man. It's a cool illustration. I got to smack somebody in the face. It was worth coming to church today. Where does this actually connect with my life? How does this actually flesh out on a day-to-day, real-life experience? It's one thing to know that Jesus is first. It's another thing to know that I'm second. But it's another thing to actually learn to take second place. Understand this. This is completely revolutionary. It is countercultural. It is subversive. It goes against your very nature and my very nature because everything in us wants to be first. Why did the first sin happen? Why did Adam and Eve fall? Because the enemy came and spoke to Eve and said, God knows some stuff that you don't know, but if you eat this, you can be like him and you won't be below him anymore. It's in our DNA. We want to be first. We don't want to be second. We want to be on the throne. We don't want to have to be the one who bows down. And so to embrace the teachings of Jesus, to embrace what Christianity really is all about, is revolutionary. It flips everything upside down, but it is massively powerful. I told you to turn to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20 teaches us a few things about this idea. In Matthew 20, it says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, Zebedee was the father of two of Jesus' disciples, James and John. So their mother comes to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want, he asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. What does she want? She wanted her boys to have the most important place. This was, she had like the bumper sticker on her donkey that said, my kid is a terrific kid, right? Like my honor, honor students right here, like she wanted everybody to know her sons were the most important. Man, yeah, there's 12, and yeah, I'm sure she wanted them to have good places too, but I want my sons to have the best place. Now, every mom in here said amen, right? Like, you're, you feel this. You understand this. You want your kids to, to have that place. You can identify fathers. We, we understand this as well. But she wanted something that, that she couldn't have. See, Jesus says, you don't know what you were asking. I wonder how many times Jesus says that to my prayers. Right? I wonder how many times I put something before him. He's like, you idiot. You don't even know what you're asking, Pastor Troy. Jesus doesn't call me pastor. Um, like, <laughs> you don't know what you're You dummy. Uh, you don't know what you're asking. Uh, he says, you don't even know what you were asking. And then he says, can you drink the cup I am going to drink? Now, they didn't know what Jesus was saying. He had just talked. He had just come out of this conversation where he predicted his death. But if you read through the Gospels, you know Jesus told them enough times and they still couldn't get it through their heads how this was going to go, right? So Jesus says, I'm about to die. Then he says, can you drink the cup? And they said, oh, yeah, we can. Sure we can. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup. 
But to sit at my right or my left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. Notice something about Jesus. Time and time and time again, Jesus brings it back to what his father wants. Back to his father's will. Back to his father's plan. Jesus is the son of God. He's the only perfect person who ever lived. He spent 33 years here and didn't sin. He died and rose again. Jesus, if any of us ever had a place to be prideful, Jesus was the one. If any of us ever had a place to think that this thing's all about me, it was Jesus. And yet Jesus, time and again, deflects the glory, deflects the attention, and points to his father. He's trying to teach us something. Verse 24 says, when the ten heard about this, so who's the ten? It's the other ten disciples, right? There's 12 disciples. James and John and Mama come and ask Jesus, hey, give us the best spots. When the ten heard, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Everybody say, not so with you. He says, this is the way that the world works. This is everything that you see, that the people who are in power, man, they oppress those beneath them. They lord it over those beneath them. They think that they exist to get the glory, to get the fame, to get worshipped, to get served. He said, but not in my kingdom. I didn't choose you to be served. I didn't choose you for people to give you honor and to give you glory. My kingdom works differently. Everything is upside down. In his kingdom, actually in his kingdom, everything's right side up. It's just upside down here, but we think it's right. He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great, stop right there real quick. How many of us want to be great? Show of hands. Like, I would like to be great. Sign me up for that. I'd like to be great. That sounds good, right? You know what you just signed yourself up for, right? You know where this is going. It says, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. What? No. A servant's not great. A servant's at the bottom. A servant has to do all the stuff nobody else wants to do. A servant's got to wash nasty feet. A servant's got to deal with stuff that nobody else wants to deal with. That's not what I want. I said I wanted to be great, not I want to be a servant. It's not what I raised my hand for, Jesus. He says, not so with you. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first... We all want to be first, right? Must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus points back to his own life, to his own example. You call yourself a Christian. Say, I've received salvation. I follow Jesus. Christian literally means little Christ. You are a reflection of him. And he says, if you want to be like me, you didn't come to be served. You came to serve. If you want to be like me, you didn't come to be first. You came to be second. Because my father is first. And everything points to him. See, this sounds great. In scripture, man, we can amen this and we can shout at this. And man, this is a great passage. But man, does our life reflect it? 
what happens in our marriage? I want to be first. What happens with the remote control? Give it to me, right? What happens when it comes time to pick the restaurant? Your wife doesn't know where she wants to go. I know, bad example, right? But, but in everything else, we all want to be first, right? And Jesus says, no, I want you to be like me. I want you to choose second place. Quit racing for everybody to see you. Quit elbowing everybody to try to get to the front. I came to be a servant. And if you're going to follow me, you're going to be a servant too. You want to be great? You want to be significant? You want to be first? All of us would say yes if we were being honest. Here's the recipe. Here's the formula. Here's the key. You choose to be second. Uh, I, I used to be a youth pastor here at City Church before I became the pastor, and I love our young people. I love teenagers so much, and, and the 662 is our youth ministry. And so, so way back in the day in the 662, we had this phrase that, that became kind of a big deal. It was kind of a theme for us on mission trips and some other stuff that we did. It was just two words, get low. Get low. It was, it was our, our motto. It was our phrase. It was, it was our go-to statement, man. What are we going to do on this trip? We're going to get low. In other words, I'm not racing to be first. I'm racing to the lowest. I'm racing to be the servant. I remember so many times where we saw this fleshed out, where we saw this illustrated. I could tell you story after story of students who, who, who you'd get a glimpse of them getting it. It's like, oh, man, Bryce just got low. Oh, did you see Darius get low? Like it was a, it, it was a whole thing that we were pursuing. I wonder if City Church needs to become a little bit more like the 62. I wonder if some adults need to grab a hold of a phrase that some teenagers used to go for. I wonder if I need to start disciplining myself once again and teaching myself once again that it's time for me to get low. Because what happens is my flesh wants to get high. I want to be elevated. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be respected. I want to be honored. But Jesus didn't come for any of that. He came to be low. He said, if you want to be first, here's the way you do it. There's some awesome things that happen when we choose to live second. I want to share with you this morning, if you're taking notes, just four things that will happen if you'll get this. Four things that will happen if you'll begin to to get low, if you'll begin to pursue living second. The, the, The first thing, and it's probably obvious, but I want to make sure that it's stated, is you'll become more like Jesus. I'll become more like Jesus. That should be enough, right? Like we could just stop right there. We don't need the other three points. If, if this means I become more like Jesus, that's the goal. That's the vision. That's where I want to be. That's my job. I'm a Christian. I want to be more like Jesus. But Jesus was the ultimate at living second. In fact, the apostle Paul put it this way, inspired by the Holy Spirit in Philippians chapter 2. He said that Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. In other words, he didn't care about his status to bring glory to himself. He said, but rather, verse 7, he made himself nothing. Everybody say, made himself nothing. Jesus made himself nothing. How? By taking the very nature of a servant. How do I make myself nothing? 
I take the very nature of a servant. That, 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 see, taking the very nature of a servant doesn't mean I'd serve in, in a Mission OB outreach event once or, th- or, or twice a semester. It doesn't even mean like I come in and I serve and I help run the parking lot or, or help greet people on Sunday mornings, which is awesome, and I'm so grateful for those who do. Taking the very nature of a servant is a daily thing. There's no off days for a servant. There's no weekend for a servant. Being a servant is an everyday, every moment opportunity. He says, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So he became like us to become a servant. In verse 8 it says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So nothing makes me more like Jesus than living seconds. Nothing makes me more like Jesus than choosing to serve. Nothing makes me more like Jesus than obeying God's plan for my life and where God is sending me. So if you want to be more like Jesus, and hopefully we all do, I don't know what your goals are for 2018. I don't know what your resolutions are for the new year. But, but if you're a Christian, I can tell you this. It should be somewhere on your list. I want to be more like Jesus. Maybe you didn't write it down. Maybe you didn't specify it. But there should be something inside of you that when somebody says that, something that leaps. Because there's a Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help us to conform into the image of Jesus. And so when, when, when we hear that, when we see, hey, here's a way that I can become more like Jesus, there should be something that says, yes, that's what I want. I know it's tough. I know it's maybe going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some things that I may not enjoy, but yes, I want to be like Jesus. Do you want to be like Jesus, church? Let's live second. So first, we become more like Jesus. Secondly, if we're going to live second, here's another thing that happens. Now I am free to be unoffended. Free to be unoffended. Why do we get offended? Because people don't recognize how important we are, right? Right? Man, that dude cut me off. I was here first, right? That person, like, well, that's why we get offended. Did you see how she looked at me? You, you, how dare she talk about me like that, right? Like, almost every offense that we have in life is because somebody didn't recognize how important I am. But when I recognize that the God of the universe saw my value so infinite that he sent his son Jesus to die for me and he sees me that valuable, you know what that means? It means I don't have to worry about what you think. That person actually say, I don't care about you. I don't care what you think. I don't need your opinion, right? It frees us up to be unoffended. Instead of walking around all the time being that offense magnet and looking for one more reason to be mad at somebody and one more way that they dissed you, one more way that I got disrespected at work and my boss doesn't recognize how valuable I am, I ain't worried about my boss because my boss is his boss and he sees how valuable I am. When you live second, it frees you to be unoffended. It says, I don't need your recognition. Jesus was the master of this. Do you know how badly mistreated Jesus was? He was accused of blasphemy. He was called a liar. He was called a thief. He was told that he was a friend of prostitutes, implication being friend of prostitutes. Right? He, he had so many things happen. He had, they tried to push him off a cliff. They tried to stone him. Everywhere he turned, somebody was plotting to take his life. And yet Jesus lived unoffended. He never got offended at anybody who disrespected him. Why? Because his significance came from his father, not from these people out here. 
He was freed up to live unoffended because he knew who was first in his life and because the one that was first was the cornerstone for him, he knew he was second and it didn't matter what anybody else thought. If you will embrace this, if you'll grab hold of this, if you'll incorporate this, it's going to free you up from so much misery because you know what offense is? It's just being miserable. Right? It's just being gloomy. Like, it's not changing that what happens to that other person. It's not affecting their life any. If you're offended at me, it don't bother me at all. Right? I don't know. I'm free from it. You're the one who's not. And so living second says, you know what? I get to be free. You know, Jesus came so that you could be free. He wants to free you from offense. Don't get me wrong. Jesus got upset. He got upset when people disrespected his father's house. He got upset when people mistreated kids. He got upset when people mistreated women and mistreated other people. He got upset, but he didn't get offended. It wasn't a personal thing. He he stepped in and said, no, you're not going to do that. I'm going to stand up for what's right. But when people attacked Jesus personally, nothing. Why? Because he didn't need their recognition. He knew who he was. When we know who we are, when we know our place and where we fit, it frees us to live unoffended. Can you imagine the freedom of an unoffended life? Can you imagine the freedom of Thanksgiving without offense with your family? Can can you imagine what that would look like? Can you imagine eating turkey? I don't even need to talk about that. I'm on the Daniel fast. Um, Right? Can you imagine an unoffended life? It frees us to live unoffended. It allows us to be more like Jesus. Number three, if we're going to live second, it's going to massively improve every relationship I have. Every relationship. You want your your marriage to improve in 2018? Start taking second place. Watch what happens in your marriage if you'll take second. Man, if you'll take on the role of a servant, Husbands, if we'll start washing clothes, I haven't washed clothes in like four months, so preaching at myself there, right? Like, 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 what would that do if we just took on the role of a servant, embraced it? Man, I'm, gonna, I'm here to serve my spouse. What would that do for, for our relationship with our parents or our relationship with our kids? What would that do for your relationship with your boss or your relationship with your employees? How differently would things look if we just began to say, you know what? I'm not worried about how you treat me and how you think about me. I'm here to be like Jesus to you. It would dramatically change every human relationship we have. Jesus came to bring a revolution. He came to flip things upside down. And so often as Christians, we want his salvation and we want the good stuff that he has, but we don't really want the revolution. We're kind of good with the way that we do life. We're going to just keep on doing our life our way, and we'll worship you, but we're going to do our thing. And Jesus says, no, freedom comes when you embrace second. Man, relationship blessing comes when you take up the towel and you say, you know what? Instead of being served, I came to serve. He was Jesus. And he said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. It will massively improve every relationship that you have. Number four, finally, as we finish this up, what's going to happen when you live second? It's going to bring greater glory to God. It's going to bring greater glory to God. That's what we, we, we started this out by talking about, right? This idea that, that my life is a stage, that it's a platform, that I can live for my glory or his glory, that I can live for this glory or this glory, and that, that the, the exchange that Jesus offers me, the trade that he gives me, and you say, you know what? I'm going to trade in my little bitty insignificant worth right here and the little bit of life that I have for, for an opportunity to bring worth to the one who's worth so much. 
of infinite worth, the one who can never be measured. He allows us this exchange. And what happens when I live second? Bring greater glory to God. What happens when, when we do Mission OB? If you're not familiar, Mission OB is our outreach program. Our, our mission statement here at City Church is reaching our city by reaching one. So it's our opportunity to get out of the four walls of the church. Mark and Reese and Mincy are our Mission OB directors, and we, we've got some stuff coming up in March. where They've been busting it downstairs, getting our clothes closet set up. I'm so excited for the way that we're going to be able to be a blessing to our city with this building, the way it's going to increase our opportunities. But, but, but what happens when we do those things? Man, as we serve, as we sacrifice our time, as we use our energy to, to, to deliver meals to somebody or, or to do the different events that we do, man, what happens? God gets glory. He gets glory. We just sang about it, right? Man, if creation brings you praises, so will I. You want to bring God glory with your life? Live second. Live second. You want people to see Jesus in everything you do? Live second. You want your workplace to be different. You want all these lost people with all these lost attitudes and all their negativity and all their junk that they bring with them. You want some of that stuff to change? Live second. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say it's going to happen overnight. I said live second. I didn't say be second this week. Right? Revolution doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't, people want to see a real change. People are going, they're going to stand back and be skeptical, right? Okay, look at, man, she must have heard a good sermon this week. She's doing a little bit more. You know she go to church, right? It can't be just a, hey, this is what we're doing this week. We did a series on first things first, so I'm doing it through the, until January's over. And then, man, now we're talking about fake news. Forget about that. Uh, right? It's got to be something that we embrace, Second place. Second place. I'm second. I'm second. Why? Because he's first. And if I build off of his firstness, if I give him his proper place, it's going to change every relationship that I have. It's going to improve my marriage, my family. It's going to make a great impact there. It's going to make me more like Jesus. It's going to free me to be unoffended. It's going to allow me to bring greater glory to God. Deep inside, I know you want those things. You're a Christian. Most of us, right? We've received Jesus. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We desire these things. We just don't desire being second. But Jesus says, if you want to get from where you are to where you want to be, I'll give you the roadmap. I'll lay out the directions. Here's the steps. Be like me. I came to serve, not to be served. If you will embrace second place. It'll change everything. It'll change your relationships. It'll free you to be unoffended. It'll make you like Jesus and let you bring greater glory to God. Would you pray with me today? Father God, I thank you for the chance to be second. God, I thank you for people who want this. God, I see it in their eyes as we talk about this. God, there's a hunger. There's a desire. God, we don't want to be the same old people. We don't want to be the same old Christians we've always been. We don't want to be the same old church we've always been. God, we want to be more what you've called us and created us to be. So God, help us to be like Jesus. Help us to embrace second place. Jesus, we thank you for your example. We couldn't do it without you, but because you came and lived for us and died for us and sent your spirit to live in us once you were raised again, you've empowered us now. You've enabled us to be like you. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would go to work inside of us. Remind us this week, this month, this year, this lifetime that we're second. God, free us from offense. God, free us to, to be like Jesus. Free us 
to see massive improvement in our relationships, God, as we take second place. And God, free us to bring more glory to you. God, help us to be second, to be okay with that because we find our significance in who you see us as, not as what people see us as. God, because you see us as holy and righteous and blameless. You see us as worthy of inclusion in your kingdom. God, you see us in so many ways we don't see ourselves. So let us tap into the identity that you've given us, the way that you see us, so that we can be free to be second. We thank you for all this, God, in Jesus' name. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. I have two questions for you this morning. First of all, if you're here today and and you're far from God, before we can talk about your lifestyle, before we can talk about how to be a better Christian, man, I just want to be in. I want to be on the team. I want to know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I want to know that I'm right with God. I need to confess my sins and give my life to him. If that's you with nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't want to embarrass you or call you out. I just want to simply give you an opportunity to repeat a prayer after me. Would you slip up your hand if that's you? I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to make him Lord of my life. I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else? It's time for me to be second. I've been first too long and it's not working. I want to put Jesus on the throne. I want to make him Lord of my life. Praise God. Praise God. I see your hand. Awesome. Put your hand down. Anybody else? Count me in on that prayer, Pastor Troy. Awesome. Awesome. I've seen two hands. There may have been others. What I want to do is I want to lead you in a prayer of repentance. This Prayer is simply an opportunity for, for your mouth to agree with your heart. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I don't think you'd have raised your hand if you didn't already believe in your heart. So now I want to give you a chance to confess him as Lord. That means he's in charge. That means he's first. If you're ready to do that, if you're willing to do that, I'm going to lead you in this prayer that'll give him that proper place. If you're a Christian with us today, would you pray this out loud as a show of support? for these two who are coming home and making Jesus first. Say, Father God, I come before you today. I'm a sinner. I know I haven't lived the way you want me to. So today, I turn from my sin and I turn to Jesus. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me and make me clean. I give you the throne of my heart. Be my king be my Lord, be first, be my God, be my Savior. Thank you for dying for me. I choose through your strength to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Every head still bowed, every eye still closed. Second question, very quickly. You're here today and you're a Christian. You know if you die today, you're going to be with, spend eternity with God in heaven. That's not what it is for you, but but you've noticed a nasty tendency that you've crept into first in your life. And as we've talked about this today, the Holy Spirit's just worked on your heart and said, Man, it's, it's time for you to take second in your marriage and your relationship and your work, whatever, wherever that looks like. But you just want to recognize and show God, yes, I've heard you. I'm willing to take second. I need your strength. I need your power to, to, to walk this out. But I'm ready to take that place. Would you slip up your hand? I want to just pray over you. Hands all over the room. Anybody else, I'm ready to be second. Take me off first. Father God, you see hands all over this room, men, women, young and old. 
God, I thank you so much for a desire to be where you want us to be. God, we thank you that we can be second because you were first. So God, we ask that you make us like Jesus. Make us more like your son, God, that we would have his attitude who being in very nature, God did not consider it a quality with God, something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. God, I pray that you would help us to make ourselves nothing. Not because we have no worth, God, but because you're of infinite worth. And that you'll get greater glory as we make ourselves nothing. God, as we follow Jesus' example, as we take on the very nature of a servant, become obedient to your will for our lives. Use us in a mighty way, God. Take first in our lives that we would be second in our relationships. We would be second in our jobs. We would be second in our schools. God, that there'd be a revolution that would take place as people began to see, you know what? They're not just calling themselves Christians, but they're actually letting God's word move and motivate their life. That people would see Jesus and the lost would come to you because we chose to be second. We thank you for what you're going to do through us, Father God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate these two who gave their life to Jesus this morning? Man, Man, that never gets old. That can never get old, man. It's so exciting. Praise God. If you made that decision today, I want to give you three very quick challenges. If you said, hey, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Three quick things you can do that are, that are going to help you to walk this decision out. Number one, start spending some time with God every day. We have Bibles available at this table on my left, your right at the back. They're free. Take one with you if you don't have a Bible. Even if you didn't raise your hand today, but you need a Bible, take one. They're free. Um, begin to spend some time with God every day. There's also a book back there called Fresh Start. It's going to help you to, to walk out this decision, man. Grab that book. It's free for you as well. So grab that. Begin to spend some time with God every day. It helps you to take second place. It helps you to remember where you are. Secondly, um, if you don't have one, man, you need a church home. A ton of great churches in DeSoto County. I'm a little biased to this one. We'd love to have you here. Uh, but find a church home, man. Find a place where you can grow, where you can connect, where you can be part of what's going on. Man, there's, there's some power in the body of Christ. None of us are perfect, uh, but man, there's something when we come together. And then finally, if you've never done it, number three, get baptized in water. Baptism is not something that saves us, but it's a chance to tell the world, I love Jesus. We just did this in a dark room with nobody looking around except me. Maybe nobody else even knows you raised your hand. Baptism says, hey, I want everybody to know Jesus is first in my life. It's actually the first thing he asks of us as followers of Jesus. If you'd like to get baptized, there's a spot on the connection card you can fill out or grab one next to you if you already filled yours out and dropped it in the bucket. Um, Say, hey, I need to get baptized in water. We'll make that happen for you very, very soon and celebrate with you. Can we celebrate one more time what God's done this morning, Father? Man. So awesome. So awesome. Before we go, we're going to stand and worship for, for two, three more minutes. We're going to sing out this song declaring that he is good and that he works all things together for our good. Would you worship with us? You make all things work together for my good.